Welcome everyone back to the MKD podcast. I am your host, D. Miller L. I have a very special episode today. I have two guests. Uh, but first, I want to make sure my new people know, follow me on Twitter, MKD podcast there on Twitter. You're going to find all of the information referenced on today's podcast right there. Um, I also want to say to my new people, um, sit back, be prepared. This is probably going to sound a little different than what you're used to if you're used to consuming Bitcoin content only. But I assure you, you guys are going to enjoy this. So my special guest today, I have O-Flow Show. How you doing, bro? Excellent. How about yourself? I'm well, man. Thank you again for coming to the podcast. And I have Metaverse as well. Welcome. Hi. Hey there. All right. So I, let's uh, not waste any time. I want to let you guys know how I met O-Flow and how I met Metaverse. So it did start uh, with the Rare Toasty platform. Shout out to Adam Solstice, one of the hardest working men in the Bitcoin space. Um, these two are artists there. They both have produced work on the Rare Toshi platform, and I enjoy them both. So I want to actually uh, introduce them to you guys so that you can kind of become more familiar with what's going on in the Bitcoin space. So I want to start with you, Oflo, and I'm going to have you both answer the same questions. I think you guys are going to maybe have different perspectives, so I'm welcoming that, and I'm, I'm hoping that we can really get some good information out here to the people. For sure. All right. So the uh, first question. Tell me your uh, Bitcoin story, Oflo, and why you make Bitcoin art to begin with. OK, <laughs> that's a really good question. So my connection with Bitcoin comes out of my journey through my personal sovereignty and learning to how to understand that as much as possible. In 2008, 2009, there was a project called Liberty Dollar that specifically was a, it's basically a silverback currency. And it was actually shut down and raided by the FBI. So essentially that project no longer exists. Maybe like there's coins on the web, but essentially they were trying to create a silver-backed dollar, and it was a failed experiment. But essentially, me seeing that, I was like, there has to be something like a digital currency off the internet. And I know that in the, the digital video games, there's always like, you know, monies in the digital video games. So I was like, there has to be another way to transact on the internet, dollars and um, pesos or whatever, you know, currency like something native to the internet and in about i believe it was like 2009 2010 but but around that range i basically the time that bitcoin went from one dollar to two dollars i had phoned out about it and i was like yo i missed my opportunity my chance <laughs> and from there, Bitcoin was in my ether, and I continued to learn more about it little by little. In 2012, I opened my first wallet. It was really convoluted and a bit complicated, so I didn't really understand it, but I always was like behind the concept of uh, internet-based currency. And as time went by, 
I grew in confidence. And in 2016, I did one of the first Bitcoin anthems. And essentially, it attracted me into the community because in the areas that I was living in, no one knew about Bitcoin or cryptos. Like it, it was just a very niche thing. So when I did that song, um, you know how music works. People hear it and they end up telling you that, oh, we're, we're into Bitcoin. And basically I got pulled into the universe even more or the universe attracted itself to me, whichever way you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, you know, actually, that was one of the first uh, that was one of the first um, NFTs you dropped there on Rare Toshi was the anthem. Is that right? I remember seeing that there. Actually, the, the first uh, project I put on there was the first BTA. That was my first uh, release on Rare Toshi. Okay. And I was actually experimenting with the platform and testing out the technology. And I thought that I could print mint basically 21,000 pieces. And I didn't realize that there was a fee for each individual piece. <laughs> yeah, so, to keep the spam down, right? <laughs> yeah, it ended up uh, um, cutting out to only being 30 pieces. So those uh, 30 first pieces, actually maybe it might be 29 first pieces were the first BTA and BTA basically stands for Bitcoin tokenized asset. And I actually released a paper. I think that was my second mint on Toshi, a paper essentially about um, Bitcoin tokenized assets and what that is and what that means. And as an alternative to be associated with NFTs. Got it. Got it. Okay. And uh, again, I remember uh, after you put some of your art there, then I, I found you on uh, Clubhouse. We had our first conversation there. Since then, we've, we've talked and chatted, you know, as Bitcoiners do. And I really kind of uh, attribute that to Rare Toshi. Again, many of my, get, my most recent guests are somehow affiliated. So um, I really do feel like there's a community being grown um, organically there. Um, and well, I was... I was specifically amazed that you were you because I I was talking to you the whole entire time, but I had no clue that you're affiliated and connected with Rare Toshi. And when I found out that you were the big whale <laughs> on Rare Toshi, I was like, yo, my bros. <laughs> the whale. That's funny. I remember. I remember when uh, I first told you. And that's the thing. Um, I like to keep a low profile. I'm not uh, in it for the rah-rah, but I definitely um, I believe that this, there's going to be an impact that's made. And this actually leads me into my next question. Um, and actually, let me make another comment before I ask the question. You actually said something that is uh, something else I want to ask you about. And it's about giving advice to people that want to join the space. Uh, do you want to actually give any more details about some of those lessons you learned before I come with the next question? Are you able to hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, so basically coming into the space relatively early and in the journey, I realized that majority of people, they more or less 
have somewhat of a similar dynamic. They come in, um, they have a, the concept of Bitcoin, but necessarily it doesn't mean that they understand Bitcoin. It's just like Bitcoin is there. It was the first one. It was it's what everyone knows. But then you get distracted by everything else that's going on. And then um, there's a something called FOMO, fear of missing out. You start seeing all these different projects that are coming out of nowhere. And you think like, oh, this could be like the next major project. This is what I should be on next. And what ends up happening is most people end up losing the Bitcoin that they could have accumulated from the beginning because they started having a fear of missing out and getting into worthless projects. So generally, the thing that I've come to understand from my experience is learn and master Bitcoin, learn the fundamentals, learn the basics, and then expand past the basics because this entire space that we're in is born out of Bitcoin. Like none of it, none of the other cryptocurrencies or concepts or anything that you're seeing today in the crypto world would exist outside of Bitcoin. So it's a major opportunity if you become laser focused and you master Bitcoin and understand it as much as possible. And that's the major opportunity. I think that it's it's a major meme in the community. The next Bitcoin is Bitcoin. And when you can put in the time to understand Bitcoin, which is not an overnight journey, but once you put in the time, you start to realize what you have. And most people who are trading Bitcoin or, or losing Bitcoin, essentially, is because they don't know what they have from the first place. And they don't realize that everything is based on Bitcoin. So if you have the opportunity, why not own the most pristine, the best form of, you know, digital real estate in the, the world? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely get your point there. Uh, well taken. Like you said, don't uh, lose sight of, uh, of the core, right? The core, the main chain, the time chain. Uh, never lose sight of that when exploring the space. Otherwise, you're likely to um, really just be misguided. Right. Uh, you're likely to just kind of blow in the wind and get, you know, succumb to the FOMO or the FUD. And this is never good. OK, let me ask this. Now, this is going to kind of expand uh, the conversation a bit. Um, <clears throat> do you think, Oflo, that there needs to be like a board ape yacht club event for Bitcoin NFTs to take to be taken seriously? Um, I've actually have a different perspective. First and foremost, I think Bitcoiners need to stop calling um, Bitcoin tokenized assets NFTs mm -hmm. and specifically need to differentiate themselves from everything else by mm -hmm. either taking on the, the BTA concept that I've come with or coming up with something even better. But when you thought when you throw yourself into the category of NFTs, you're basically putting yourself up to be regulated by those institutions that aren't very favorable of Bitcoin. And if you separate yourself from that NFT category, now you're on a whole nother playing field. And also, 
when you think about the level of security and the opportunity that you're being offered by choosing to tokenize on the Bitcoin blockchain or Bitcoin sidechains, you're really creating pristine assets that they're if I'm, I don't look at these as like financial investments, but it's more security for your artwork. At the end of the day, you literally have the most powerful in the history of humanity securing hundreds of billions of dollars. Um, I think that the advantage that you have by putting your art on like the gold chain, it's basically like dipping your art in gold. I don't think it gets any better than that. And I think that most people are ignorant of tokenization in the field of Bitcoin because Bitcoiners are specifically trying to tie into the narrative of what Ethereum VCs, um, VCs in the Ethereum space are investing in opposed to just, you know, creating something otherworldly, which we're doing regardless, but we're trying to tie ourselves onto the under this NFT category, which at the end of the day, if you look at what happened during the ICO period, in the ICO period, essentially ICOs got deemed as scams and no one wants to do ICOs today. No one wants to be associated with ICOs. And when you have similar things going on with um, scamming in the NFT space, it's very likely that if there is another major bull run and we go through another bear period, that NFTs will be treated similar to ICOs. But if you take on the BTA narrative, Bitcoin tokenized assets, literally you're separating yourself from all of that, all the scamming, and you're also driving a new narrative, which what's everyone looking for in the crypto world? Something new. So, and most people are unaware that tokenization was actually created within the Bitcoin ecosystem before anywhere else. So, yeah, that's I was actually going to ask you that, Oflo. I was going to actually, just as a follow up, I wanted to ask you your take on um, on the counterparty. Um, did they did they call you know the rare Pepe's and everything being created on there, the tokens and what have you? What did they call them? NFTs or something else? Um, they they never call them NFTs. They're technically they they fall under the category of NFTs, but. There was never really any true dynamic of name. There's different things that you could name them. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I think that was the big issue in, in the past, that there wasn't a name. And the NFT name that came about was what um, stuck on. And I remember that, um, just to give the people a perspective, I'm very much into marketing and I was doing analysis of just the art sector in the world of Bitcoin and crypto. And during that, before like the NFT craze really kicked off, which I predicted it before it kicked off, um, everyone was trying to figure out a name for this. And, and people were speculating on nifties, um, just many different random names. I remember back then, I had I bought the name cryptographicart.com. I own I owned that name for a short period of time and then I realized that that wasn't going to catch on. But <laughs> um 
yeah, I, I settled on the BTA narrative and minted that literally on the liquid sidechain just because when I ran it across tons of different people, it stuck. And actually, the other day I had a, a meeting with an NFT project that was minted on on Ethereum. And they're all like, yo, after the conversation with me and me just educating them on Bitcoin and the, the possibilities with Bitcoin, they're like, yo, we want to mint it. Our, our NFTs, take our NFTs off of Ethereum and mint them as BTAs on Bitcoin. So, yeah, there's never I, been I, like one set narrative name for it, but that's because we're a decentralized community. Surely, surely. That makes a lot of sense. Um, wow. Wow, Oflo. That is a, that's a very interesting thing. You know, something that I kind of pulled from everything that you said uh, regarding that question is that, it's not that there needs to be, uh, again, an event per se. It's it's the awareness of the time chain of Bitcoin itself. Once you recognize that you can build on the most valuable blockchain, right, with the greatest potential, um, that's you know going to have the greatest impact on humanity. Why would you not want to build upon that? So I and like you're saying, do I understand that correct? Yeah, well, check this out. Majority of people don't know that they can build on Bitcoin. And that's because I, and this is my humble opinion, a concentrated effort by other chains, other projects to essentially um, do a brain drain to their chains. And the amazing thing about Bitcoin, which this was the thing that I, I communicated very effectively and I communicate very effectively to a lot of people is if you look at Bitcoin just as the asset and then you look at it as the network, they're two different things, but they, they work together. But Bitcoin, the asset is literally the most powerful, pristine, liquid asset in the digital space. And a lot of people, they would they would sometimes mistakenly compare it with, um, you know, coin number two, for example. And if you really look at the liquidity of coin number two and as the asset, you realize that there is no comparison. Um, coin number two maybe is uh, moving about six billion just uh, with its asset. And uh, let's say Bitcoin, the token, the asset is moving 21 billion. Like there's a big difference there. Yeah. So the liquidity of the asset of Bitcoin is so pristine. So then when you realize that it's also a network and that you can build on that network and you can actually leverage that network for your security and do so much more with it. Um, it's, it's a game changer, but I don't think that most people are thinking about it from that perspective, because most people still have a fiat fiat mindset state in terms of understanding how this works. And then at the same time, majority of people aren't looking at it from a decentralized space like yo i can come and build on this network i can build it up from scratch majority of people are just waiting for the most convenient thing to hop on that and that's just based on you know normal consumerism of the convenience that everyone is so used to very interesting very interesting um a lot of light bulbs are going off with that response there uh we're coming towards the end oflo uh, I want to first and foremost ask you, is there something that you wanted to talk about that we have not had an opportunity to cover? Yeah, I. it's two things mainly. Um, I would say just to the community of Bitcoin or, and Bitcoin artists, 
instead of calling their creations NFTs, to call them BTAs. And if there's a better name, use that name. But specifically separating your, your craft, your artistry from the NFT narrative and allowing it to, you know, stand out on its own. So, you know, mistakenly, a lot of people would say, yeah, Flo, you know, does NFTs. I don't do NFTs. I do BTAs. And specifically, when you realize that you can push Bitcoin further by separating yourself from a narrative that's only pushing the crypto space, then I think that it's a game changer. But yeah, that's that's my perspective in terms of using our artistry to push Bitcoin, not getting locked into the crypto box because Bitcoin and crypto are two different worlds and they're two different asset classes. Wow. I like how you're standing on that BTA. Um, you know, I, I hope that uh, whatever we go with, whether it's the BTA or some other name, I definitely uh, get your point and your meaning as to why it's not a good idea to run with that NFT name. Uh, at the same time, like you said, it's so much confusion in, in the NFT space that it's very easy to kind of be uh, to be put into that boat with them. And uh, like you've been saying, What's being built on Bitcoin is not the same thing as building on top of Ethereum or any other of any of these other chains. Yeah, the, the level of security that is is powering the Bitcoin blockchain, it's so immense that it's it's not comparable. Like you could take the entire crypto space and then try and compare the energy that's going on in the crypto space and compare it to Bitcoin. And there's no comparison. Like it's, I, I wouldn't say it's 20% of, of the, the power of Bitcoin. And just to give a, give a perspective, Bitcoin has a side chain called RSK. And most people are super ignorant, ignorant when it comes to like the programmability of things, but the innovation of coin number two is one thing. It's EVM. And it's EVM. Literally, Bitcoin has a side chain where essentially you could take any smart contract from, from coin number two and put it on Bitcoin side chain and run it the same exact way. But... Uh-oh, I think we lost Oflo again. I'm back, I'm back. I just okay, realized that. All right. So um, what I was saying is essentially Bitcoin sidechain, um, RSK has 60% of the, the mining power of Bitcoin securing it. And when you realize how serious that is and the fact that you can take any smart contract from uh, from Ethereum, essentially, and it put it on Bitcoin, sidechain, and essentially get those benefits, but you're utilizing Bitcoin, it's like, wow. If you realize that the way that Bitcoin is building is in layers, there's so much advantage and opportunity in the space of Bitcoin that's all about being a builder. And I think that the artists 
when time goes along, they're going to realize more of this. And it takes artists such as myself and the other Bitcoin artists to educate other artists about leveraging the Bitcoin technology. But there's so much opportunity there that I would tell anyone, don't sleep on Bitcoin. And the one thing, the one movement that I've been pushing, which I've, I've got a lot that I'm building, but the one thing that I've been telling everyone, all my friends, family, supporters, people who like me is, if you can do it, if you're you're about it, one Bitcoin by 2024. If you can get one Bitcoin by there and hold it for the next four to eight years, essentially you'll you'll be thanking me. And once you you get that Bitcoin to understand it, like to really put in the time to understand how to use it, how to build around it, how to um, make it a part of your artistry, a part of your business, and in terms of long-term savings because we're artists and as artists we have one of the most difficult pro- professions in the world essentially there's a, the only guarantees that we have are the guarantees that we make so yeah that that would wow. be what i would communicate to to people okay final question one final question Oflo. What are you currently working on or have plans on working on that you'd like to promote to my audience right now? Well, just for anyone who doesn't know, I started one of the the first Bitcoin only social networks called World Star Bitcoin. Essentially, it's a community and we're building things around or on Bitcoin and we're focused on the adoption and pushing the adoption of Bitcoin beyond that. I'm getting ready to drop an album and it's just for your, your audience. It's called the Bitcoin album. (laughs) So you're you're getting the early release of the knowledge. Um, It'll probably be released later on this year. And yeah, I would love for the community to, you know, share it, listen to it and, you know, along with their, their Bitcoin. So yeah, that, that's what I would say. And actually, I'm working on a lot more things in terms of community efforts to push Bitcoin adoption. If there's people who are interested in working and collaborating with me and putting together a base of knowledge, I I own a domain called BitcoinDevelopers.org that I actually want to build out with all the developer information necessary for the next generation to develop and build on Bitcoin. So people who want to connect with me, build with me, I I consider myself a multifaceted artist. So art is my life, but the way that I exude it is very much different from another, you know, other artists. My specific thing is art is limitless. Imagination and creativity is limitless. So we shouldn't just limit it to one medium. And I consider everything a medium, whether it be code, um, the World Wide Web, um, painting, to writing music, producing music. I see it as all interconnected. And I think it's about really activating your creative genius and utilizing it to do something that's never been done before. So, yeah, I've got a lot. And if people want to, you know, be my friend and, you know, connect with me and build with me, that's what it's about. I don't want to, like, overload everyone with the millions of projects that are going on under 
you know, this one universe, but definitely those are the top things for people to keep an eye out for. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you so much again, Oflo, for coming on. Uh, what is your uh, Twitter? What's your uh, Twitter uh, contact? Uh, my Twitter is Show, O-F-L-O-W-S-H-O-W. I'm Show on all the major platforms, Instagram, Twitter, um, everywhere. Oflowshow.com. Yeah, I didn't shout out my website. Oflowshow.com is an easy way to get in contact with me, but yeah, you can find me as Oflow Show anywhere. Very good. All right, folks, this has been another episode. If you liked it, be sure to give us a thumbs up, a share, consider subscribing. <clears throat> also, I'm going to have, again, all the reference links there, so you guys will definitely be able to tap in with Oflow. Uh, once again, brother, this has been great. Uh, also, I want to make this comment as well before I close out. It looks like Metaverse kind of dropped off a little earlier. Um, I'm sure you guys are wondering what happened to Metaverse. Um, I'm likely to have him on. He's likely to have his own show. So we'll see if we can make that happen in the very near future. Uh, but with that being said, folks, I think this is going to be one of the better episodes in my archive. Again, if you're first time listening, be sure to go back into the history and listen to the other episodes. I think that you'll find a lot of value there. <clears throat> Finally, if you all are getting any value from the podcast, be sure to support. We do have the tipping feature enabled there on Twitter. Drop us a tip. All right, you guys, take care. Thank <laughs> you.